Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from Clyde Hill Publishing, partner and publisher for founders, innovators, thinkers, and tinkerers. Clyde Hill works with non-traditional authors to help bring their ideas and lessons to life. To learn more about Clyde Hill's services and books, like their newest title, Facing Death, Finding Dignity, Hope, and Healing at the End, visit ClydeHillPublishing.com or Clyde Hill Pub on Twitter. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Today, I want to talk to you about a work of art that I saw recently for the first time, and it's located in the city of Naples. I was there last month on vacation, and This work of art was so incredibly memorable. I can't even describe, I'm thinking of a word, a good adjective to describe this work of art. Nothing's really coming to mind. Spectacular, amazing. They really just don't seem to do it. So the work of art I'm talking about is the Veiled Christ or the Cristo Velato. It is by an artist named Giuseppe San Martino and it was sculpted in the year 1753. And it's located in the Capello San Severino, or the Museo Capello San Severino. It used to be a mausoleum, funerary chapel. Today it's been turned into a museum. If you hear a little bit of piano music in the background, I apologize. <laughs> Aurelio's having his piano lesson right now. So, as I was saying, the work is called The Veiled Christ, and, and I encourage you to look it up. We will, of course, include an image on our social media sites the day that this episode is released. It will make more of an impression if you see a photograph of it, although I will do my best to describe it. What's also very interesting about this work is the sort of legend and story behind it. So just to give you a brief description, it's a life-size or roughly life-size sculpture of Christ after having been crucified. So he is lying on a mattress, his head supported on two pillows. Near his feet are the instruments of the Passion. And over him is draped a veil or a shroud. And that is really what makes this work so amazing because it is carved from one solid block of stone, one piece of marble. It's almost impossible to believe, even when you look at it with your own eyes, that this shroud or this veil that covers him is made out of the same piece of stone. Because when you look at it, it looks like you're looking at a statue of Christ crucified, and a real veil, a real piece of cloth draped over him. Now, if you've been to Rome or other cities with a lot of important art and sculptures, you've seen works of art that have fabric in them, and sometimes they look incredibly soft. Bernini was very brilliant at doing this in many of his works of art, including the sculpture of Pope Urban VIII that is in the Capitoline Museums, and also his sculptures of uh, St. Teresa in Ecstasy and the Blessed Ludovica Albertoni. These three works particularly have fabric, sculpted fabric in them, and they look incredibly soft and movable. This is even beyond that. And I think what makes it so incredible is the delicacy of it. It doesn't look like 
a piece of heavy fabric. It looks like a piece of transparent gauze. It's so light and it's so transparent almost that it, it actually looks almost liquid. It was commissioned by a man named Raimondo di Sangro, who was the Prince of San Severo, that of course the chapel is named after that family. And he was, an, uh, apart from being a prince, um, being a nobleman, he was also a scientist and he dabbled in alchemy. And for many, many years after this was completed, as people came to see it, many people began to wonder if it was actually created using alchemy. Of course, alchemy is this pre-science, uh, proto-science um, that was believed to transform something into something else, transform one material into another, famously transform tin into gold. In this case, it was believed that Raimondo di Sangro had, had instructed the artist Giuseppe San Martino in the art of alchemy, and that he had given him a technique that would transform cloth into a crystalline marble. So the idea was he carved the sculpture of Christ on the mattress, and then an actual cloth, transparent cloth, was placed over him, and then that slowly over time, using a, an alchemical process, became marble. Of course, this is not the case. It has been proven both through uh, documentation when the work was commissioned, the artist was told to create it out of one solid block of marble, but also, of course, by just studying the actual work, you can see that it is all one solid piece of marble, which is really more amazing even than if it had been created by alchemy, if alchemy existed. Now, as I said, many people have gone to visit this over the years, some famous people. One of them is Antonio Canova. Antonio Canova was one of the greatest neoclassical sculptors working in the late 1700s and early 1800s. When he saw it, he actually tried to acquire it. He was a very successful artist during his lifetime, so he had a lot of, uh, of money and he was able to purchase works of art quite easily, but he was not successful in purchasing this. The family would not sell it. He is said to have, have said of it that he would happily give 10 years of his own life if he could have created something like it. And of course, Canova created such works as the Venus, Venus Vincitrice, which is in the Borghese Gallery, Cupid and Psyche, which is in the Louvre, and of course, Hercules and Lycus. Um, so he was no uh, third-rate artist. So for him to have said that, even though the name Giuseppe San Martino not be, might not be quite as famous as Canova, you know that this has to be an incredible work. Now, of course, this gorgeous sculpture is not the only thing of interest to see in this museum. The museum is very small. It's really just one open space that is a chapel, as I said, a funerary chapel, and it has many sculptures along the sides depicting different virtues, allegories of virtues. It also has a gorgeous floor, the marble tiled floor. There are many designs on it that appear three-dimensional because of the way they were created. The entire chapel is just a gorgeous example of late Baroque Neapolitan architecture and stucco and marble design. And I so wanted to take photographs of it. It's just the type of place that you could capture the most amazing photos, but unfortunately they do not allow any photographs inside. And they were very strict about it. So there was no way you could sort of sneak a photo. So I didn't even try. But there's one other treasure there, which is a little bit eerie. Um, already the sculpture itself of the veiled Christ is a little bit disconcerting. It's beautiful, it's moving, but because it looks so real and because it 
just seems so impossible that someone could have created it with a chisel. It does make it a little bit eerie somehow. But even more eerie, if you go downstairs and you have to exit, you have to go through the basement to exit. So you go down a set of stairs and in the basement are two what they call anatomical machines. One of them was purchased by the same prince who commissioned the sculpture, Raimondo di Sangro. He purchased one and the other one he commissioned by the same person who created the first one. It's basically a, they're two corpses, one male, one female. Um, They're skeletons, but they're not just skeletons because they have their entire circulatory systems intact. And I mean, they date from the mid-1700s, which is incredible, that they're that old and that they're that well-preserved. I don't know if you've ever been to the Body Worlds exhibit. I personally didn't go when it came to Rome because, I don't know, it kind of grossed me out a little bit to see dead bodies all around me, or parts of dead bodies, even though it's scientifically fascinating. But this this gave me sort of an idea of what that might be like, but of course on a much, much older scale. And I think that just makes it even more impressive. And these figures are upright. They're in a glass case. I think they each have their own glass case. They are quite startling when you see them, especially if you're not expecting them. Anyway, if you find yourself in Naples, and as we all know, travel to Italy is not the simplest of things in the present moment, but hopefully that won't be the case for long. If you find yourself in Naples, do not miss the Veiled Christ in the Museo Cappello San Severino. It has been considered the most realistic and mysterious sculpture in the world. I hope you've enjoyed this bittersweet moment. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Thanks to Clyde Hill Publishing for supporting this program. Find inspiring and thought-provoking nonfiction with a focus on founders, innovators, thinkers, and tinkerers at ClydeHillPublishing.com or Clyde Hill Pub on Twitter.